We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It is officially week 15, and guess what? The Ravens sit atop the AFC North and the entire AFC at 10-3 and with a road trip to face the Jacksonville Jaguars on deck this Sunday night. Yeah, and Sarah, we're going to take a close look at what needs to happen this weekend in order for Baltimore to clinch its spot in the postseason. And what about this hot topic debate circulating the internet? Should you be afraid of securing the top overall seed, which comes with the coveted bye week. We're going to discuss it. Please, I think you already know where I'm at with that. I am Sarah Ellison alongside Bobby Trossett. It is Wednesday, December 13th, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault, presented by our friends at GEHA. So don't look now, because the Lamar Jackson-Odell Beckham Jr. connection is quietly coming alive, and you know what? Most people aren't looking because, well, all the national media, all they're really discussing and harping on is the Ravens special teams. (laughs) Plus, a slew of roster moves came down the timeline Tuesday, including a quarterback sighting, which is very intriguing. And uh, it could have future ramifications on Lamar's primary backup. Intriguing indeed. We have all of that and more coming up. So thanks for waking up with a morning vault as always where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. So again, welcome into week 15 of this NFL season and welcome into your top team in the AFC. As we discussed with Roquan Smith in episode seven of Inside the Vault, which is available now across all platforms. There they are, 10 and three, the lone 10 win team across the AFC, thanks to Tennessee taking down Miami in upset fashion on Monday night. So Baltimore's 10 and 3, Miami just below them at 9 and 4, KC 8 and 5, along with Jacksonville and Cleveland, and Pittsburgh and Indianapolis round out the 7 seeds here at 6 and 7 respectively, seed-wise, 7 and 6 overall record-wise. So Jameson Hensley as you see here on the screen tweeted out the playoff clinching scenarios entering this weekend and here's what needs to happen so obviously you got to take care of business first and foremost and win at Jacksonville on Sunday night and again this is the Ravens playoff clinching scenarios just so you know on top of a win you would need a Pittsburgh loss at the Colts plus a Buffalo loss against Dallas that's one scenario the second would be this again all all of them come with winning by the way first and foremost you got to take care of business on Sunday night 
So on top of that scenario, two would be a win, a Pittsburgh loss, and a Denver loss, which is at Detroit, or the third and final scenario, a win on Sunday night, plus losses by four of the following teams, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Denver, Indianapolis, and Houston. Four of those two, four, five teams would have to lose, and you would have to win if you're the Ravens in order to clinch a spot in the postseason. I know it's early to start talking about this, Sarah, but that's where we are because the Ravens are playing at that kind of clip right now. It's not early because they can literally can clinch it this week. So it's literally not early. Now it might be too early to talk about the number one seed, but literally, yeah, they can clinch a playoff spot this week. Now, I will say this. It, it sure feels good to be number one right now. But this is how close things are. Not just in the AFC, but in the AFC North. There are plenty of scenarios because of how much room the Ravens have gained by that Miami Dolphins loss and plus the Jaguars losing the last couple weeks, that the Ravens could still get the number one seed if they finish two and two the rest of the way, okay? That, there's a lot of scenarios for that. But yet, there's also scenarios where they go two and two and they could lose the AFC North because of the thinking Cleveland Browns and Joe Flacco. So the Browns are right on the Ravens' heels. I know it feels like a lot. It's a two, kind of a two-game uh cushion right now but boy are we not of the 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 woods yet there's so much ball left to be played in terms of the number one seed so one game at a time try to clinch the playoffs this week and then we can move forward with number one so yeah ken McCusick and jeff zrebeck both talked about how yeah it could swing either way if the ravens were to go two to two and it's really bobby that's why hey i was happy for joe but i'm over it he's officially in the frenemy zone i am not happy anymore you, he's had his fun. Now it's time to like move forward and realize who the enemies and frenemies are now. So here's what's interesting. And I was uh, talking about this with people on Twitter. Ramey had put out, you know, he's like, there's some people who are legitimately afraid to get the number one seed. And I, of course, I'm just like, quote, retweet that. I'm like, no way. First of all, how can you play scared of anything? How be out of Baltimore and have that mentality. Like you're, you're playing scared all because, and it's all because of 2019, right? Which all of us have PTSD from that. I, Lamar Jackson talked about that, how you never know when you're going to get this type of roster again. He remembers 2019, but my goodness, there's no way you should be scared. Scared. Are you kidding me? What world are we living in where we don't want, uh, what? Patrick Mahomes to come to Baltimore for the AFC championship. I don't think the AFC championship has ever been played in Baltimore, not under the Ravens. I, I, I mean, would you rather go to Arrowhead? Would you rather go to Cleveland? Would you rather like, is that what we're doing here? So no, not scared whatsoever. Bring it to me all day long. They're clearly looking back to 2019, right? And Thinking about what happened there, it was wrapped up the the overall seed by the regular season finale. So John Harbaugh elected to use RG three and sit a number of starters, as we all know, and we know what took place after the bye week on that balmy January night against the Tennessee Titans. So, right or wrong, I'm I'm totally with you along the lines of philosophically being you have to be unafraid, whether you're in the fan base, whether you're in, and, and Roquan said, he, we're not even paying attention to any of this stuff, by the way. So go check that out. Episode seven of inside the vault with him is now available across all platforms. Like I mentioned, I will say this, Bobby, I will say this. Yeah. If we're talking purely strategy, there's a legitimate debate on whether or not 
rest and getting out of your groove is a legitimate debate on strategy. Yeah. Not wanting the number one seed because you're scared. Uh uh-uh. uh. But if you're talking about, hey, you know, it seems like too much rest can be a bad thing, that I get. But in terms of this year, if if you're getting one round deeper and you have a chance, you get one round deeper with maybe a Justin or uh, a Hamilton coming back more healthy, or maybe Mark Andrews, something like that. Like you know, give it to me all day long. But more than anything, it's more about just having that home field advantage, which Pat McAfee talked about as he's like a former Colt. Uh, he talked about what it was like to come play against the Ravens. He's saying there's very few fan bases who understand that they have a legitimate impact on the game. I, and, if, I, and if you look at, like, Baltimore, sure. that's a real home field advantage. Oh, yeah. Big time. Oh, yeah. You know? Like, there's still generations of hate towards oh, the Colts, yeah. but every time we played there, I had nothing but respect for the things that they were saying. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some fan bases – that are willing to say stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, like, we'll go a little bit. Yeah, we will. Sure. We'll touch the line. I paid $550 for this ticket. That's right. You're coming into my town. I am going to say whatever the hell I want. Now, if those people get their asses beat by the people that they're saying things to, they deserve it. That's on them. But there's some fan bases that understand they can be an advantage. There's some mm-hmm. stadiums that understand, like, we can do it. In M&T, they are a stadium that understands it. I loved playing there. I appreciated their fans. And with the way the weather was yesterday, it's not getting better. No, uh, the not. weather's not getting better. And with the way Munkin's running that mm-hmm. team, why not the Baltimore Ravens? We- yeah, well, having spoken to some folks that were in the days following Sunday that were in the the bank, you know, I think some of the Fox camera shots saw that the upper bowl was was scarce, but the lower bowl, that place was rocking, and enough so that you could hear it through the television. So there's no doubt. Look at look at what happened Thursday night a few weeks ago to Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Mm. They couldn't hear anything. Mm. That impacted the game. The M&T Bank Stadium crowd that night and on Sunday against the Rams, no question, had a factor and played and played a major impact on the game. Where I can empathize with some of the fear, while I'm totally with you along the lines of philosophically, you, can, you cannot be afraid. You have to go into this journey that the Ravens are about to endure over the next month or so as they control their own destiny with a, with a fearlessness. Where I can empathize is this. What happened to the and this is a different sport, but what happened to the Orioles this past off uh, this past postseason? They came in as one of the team's hottest clubs league wide throughout Major League Baseball. They won the AL East, and the Texas Rangers as the wild card came into Baltimore with momentum, came in with belief, came in with a rhythm and flow as a club, and upset the Orioles. And I just think there's something to be said about rest i think there's something to be said about being the top overall seed which is why for their sake i hope they get punched in the mouth one game of the next four i really do i talked about this with noah hose from for the flock in our day after live stream on monday i hope that they get punched in the mouth because i think every championship team has to go through a lull at some point and while the ravens have had their downs they've had a lot more ups through 14 weeks they have not had a legitimate lull and i don't know if you can call one loss a lull but i think it could benefit them in the long run 
I, I want him to get punched in the face, but still win the game. So that's fine. <laughs> okay, listen, I don't follow baseball as closely as you, but let me ask you this. Do you really think the Orioles lost because they had rest or because their opponent was just better as they went on to win the whole thing? They won the whole thing, to your point. That's a great, that's a great counter. All I'm saying is that right, it's some, a good counter. Sometimes wild sometimes wild card teams take it the distance. For sure, for sure. I just think it's I whatever. I don't empathize with fear. It's Strategy a hard, wise, I hear you. The it, fear, I do not. It's a, no no no, but I'm not telling you I, I'm empathizing with a percentage of the fan base that has fear because of what they've seen in the past from wild card teams, whether it's in baseball, whether it's in football, whatever. Just so you know, wild card teams, the Ravens, if they got a first round bye, they wouldn't even be playing a wild card team. You're talking about a divisional team. Just saying, moving forward, game. moving forward, I think it's something that the, that we have to take into consideration that comes with the bye. They earn it. They get rest. Perhaps it's another week that, that Mark Andrews can get ready. But, oh boy. Slippery slope. All right. Read your ad so we can move into the next section. Ah, <laughs> I knew it. I knew you were going to get hot about that from a from a fearlessness standpoint. That is hilarious. No fear. Sorry. No fear yeah. in the Ellison household. No, no fear. At least not with this. There's legitimate things to fear. A bye week is not one of them. The Vault is presented by GEHA, Government Employee Health Association, which is proudly providing health and dental benefits to federal employees and their families for 86 years. And with over 2 million members and growing, GEHA continues to serve those members and families who serve all of us every single day. And GEHA wants to give you the chance to show your purple pride with an exclusive pregame Ravens tunnel experience. Got a limited time right now between now and and December 19th, you can enter for the opportunity to be in the tunnel as the Ravens get ready to take the field on New Year's Eve. The question becomes, what time will that game be? We'll see if it gets flexed. Right now, it's a 1 o'clock game against the Dolphins. Two grand prize winners brought to you by GEHA will receive the following for that New Year's Eve game, December 31st, against Miami. Two game tickets, two backyard bash passes, exclusive pregame tunnel experience, uh, one complimentary parking pass, and two Ravens gift bags. All Ravens fans living in Delaware, the District of Columbia, Maryland, Pennsylvania, and Virginia are all eligible to enter. The contest is open to the public. You can see the sweepstakes rules in the show notes below. We have a link. GEHA, Government Employees Health Association, your friend in federal since 1937. We know federal because we only provide benefits for federal. Visit GEHA.com to learn more. One quick thing before we transition. I know this team is different. They are concocted differently than they were in 2019. So I don't want to make it seem like I'm comparing, cross-comparing. Yeah. I think just I, I can understand where some of the folks are coming from based on the target, the target that comes with being that coveted seed. And if the Ravens run the table for See, the now next— now you just made it worse. Now I just want to come back again. Who it cares that you're targeted? Get ready for it. it, it like— Give me a break. If we want to be the best, we want the Ravens to win the Super Bowl and then have multiple Super Bowls. Like, get used to being the target. I I, I hate that. Be 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 good enough to like have good things and enjoy good things and stop being so fearful that like people now expect me to do well and so now I'm scared that people expect me to do well. Like, come on. There is an immeasurable thing that happens in sports, and over the next month, if they run the table. It will be immeasurable 
just how difficult this could be having won however many of that'll be in a row entering the divisional round with a bye. We've, we saw the way they came out flat in that first half after this past week's bye. And I Bobby, just they're think 13 and three under Harbaugh after a bye. The Rams, <laughs> it's not going to be the Rams opponent in, in January. Not going to be the Rams. It's going to be a lot stiffer of a task. Of course it's going to be hard. I'm not arguing any of that. It's going to be, the Ravens have the number one most difficult schedule remaining in the final four weeks. Of course it's going to be hard. I'm not denying any of that. I'm just talking about like this, this just like soft mentality of being afraid of it all or afraid of like being a target or afraid that people are going to notice the rate. Whatever. I agree with you. I'm talking about the immeasurable force that comes with this honor. It's a it's an unwritten hard thing to overcome sometimes. Look, we got to look. You know what we should do later this week? We should look at the numbers over the, over history in football. What happens when you're the top overall seed? We'll revisit it then. How about that? Oh, we for sure should. We <laughs> for sure should because there's not this many soft number one seeds. I'll tell you that much. Moving on. <laughs> Even though I don't care if the Ravens are noticed, I will say this. Moving into the next topic. The I can't Lamar wait to see Jackson, the comment section. I really can't. Yeah. <laughs> the, La- <laughs> the Lamar Jackson Odell Beckham Jr. connection. Okay. We're starting to see it. It's coming alive, but it's quietly coming alive in the rest of the national media. Who knows? Outside of Baltimore, I don't think they're quite seeing it. So, Bobby. I didn't have time to get to this yesterday. I played a clip from Michael Irvin, but there was a second part that I was like, man, I got to do a segment on Odell Beckham Jr. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to kind of combine it with Odell and Lamar, obviously, because they're joined at the hip. So um, before the Rams game, Michael Irvin, Hall of Fame wide receiver, interviewed OBJ for a different show, but he talked about his interview and what OBJ told him on Undisputed. Guys, because I I told you guys, I, I interviewed Odell Beckham uh. this week for, for the other show. And one of the things we were talking about, one of the things we were talking about was since he's gotten there, right? I said, Odell, what has it been like, the, the transition and working with Lamar Jackson? He said, it's been a process for both of us. You know, it I made me think about it because Odell's a route runner. Okay. You know, he's going to be open when he's supposed to be open and you have to throw the ball. I thought about this and he was talking when he says process for both. Why would it be a process for Lamar? And it made me think it's a process for Lamar because he's not used to seeing receivers open on the first route. <laughs> so now, now when I'm sitting up and falling in love for him with him sitting in the pocket, it's because he's also learning, oh, there, I got to sit in this pocket and let that ball go and expect you to be there. You see, he's only had right, receivers where, oh, that is first route ain't there. Let me move around second and third yeah. route. Now it's not just a learning process for Odell, but also for the quarterback to let this ball go right now. Trust this ball. So I see ball. Baltimore is still getting better. That four-pump touchdown, that four-pump touchdown, trust me, I, I, I ran the four-pump as best as anybody in the world. That's the only okay. way I can get talk behind your talk, playmaker. is running that four-pump because I can run that in route. That four-pump was a horrible throw, it was. but a touchdown anyway because he beat him, and it was, he, you had the whole field. Lamar could have thrown that ball whole field and made an easy throw, but he had to Odell had to turn his back in the air. That's the hardest throw in the world. That's the hardest catch in the world to make. 
but he still made that it clear. Was They're still getting better, even though we're looking at where they are right it's, now. It's yeah. crazy because, I mean, that's a similar catch to what Tyreek did last week, and people aren't making as big of a deal. That's just as hard. Well, yeah, that's Tyreek. a hard catch. That's a hard catch. Hmm. Uh, so many things to say about this. Yeah. Okay. So I guess I'll let you take the first take here. Was that the first time you heard it? Yeah, that was a great okay. grab by you. What I what I really actually was was realizing during that clip was I've seen some some commentary online about how some folks think that Lamar is unwilling compared to previous years to run as much. The way Playmaker just described that, with the patience that's required almost and the trust with these routes, perhaps Lamar's not running as much. Because, one, the playmaking ability that's out there, but he's also almost entrusting his wide receivers to not only run effectively, but run... How am I trying to say this? Have you seen some of this reaction online about people's frustrations of of Lamar's unwillingness to run, at least at the clip that he once had previously? Okay. Yes. So, Michael... Michael's commentary is making me think that maybe perhaps that's happening inadvertently within him because of this trust that he now has with an Odell Beckham Jr., that he now has with a Zay Flowers. And perhaps yeah. that's, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do think he is sitting back and giving them not just a first chance, but a second, third, and fourth shot, right? When you When he could go off and run. I think that's slightly different from what he was saying specifically in this clip, although it's related, where he's saying, I feel like Lamar in the past had been criticized for not anticipating throws, mm-hmm. right? Because sometimes on certain throws, you just have to trust that they're going to be open and not that you just see them open. Because sometimes once you see that they're open, it might be too late. But to Michael Irvin's point is because – OBJ's a route runner, and by the way, I'm going to put Zay in there, too. Zay's like, uh, I, man, I wish I wrote down the stat, but I saw Mina Kimes talk about how I think he gets some of the most separation or people or defenders play off of him more than anybody else because they're afraid of his of his route running. So, mm-hmm. so the point is, is he's saying it's been a process because, uh, according to Irvin, it's like, Lamar's never had a route runner like that. He's got right. he he had to wait with his last receivers to see if they're actually going to get open because it wasn't like a guarantee like we're seeing with OBJ. So uh, let me see here. How, how what order do we want to go here? Okay, we'll go with this next because you got this up here. So Spencer Schultz, friend of the show, tweeted this, and I feel like it hits it. He said, "Silently, the Ravens have scored thirty plus points in six of the last seven games. They're averaging thirty-two point six over that span. Thirty-two point six. Let's put that in perspective. That is number two in the entire NFL over the last six, uh, last seven games. The only team that's uh, that's scoring more per game is the Dallas Cowboys. And I'll tell you, I don't know that the Cowboys in those seven games have played." you know, strong defenses. So, but there we go. Ravens are number two. Then he says, Lamar Jackson has 2000 yards in the last seven games and 12 touchdowns and then 101 pass rating with only three interceptions. Mm. And we also have up here and here's, what's crazy, Bobby. So how many times do we hear what Lamar can't do? Okay. So he can't anticipate, Oh, what do you know? He's got a receiver who can get open maybe two. So now, now he's, he's able to anticipate and throw. Then they say, okay, well, he can't do the deep throws. Well, 
he had three completions on deep throws for 121 passing yards and three touchdowns. Now, to be fair, likely, you know, ran a lot of those, but that Zay Flowers throw touchdown was 31 yards. Mm-hmm. And then um, the OBJ one, again, it was slightly underthrown, but who knows because OBJ admitted that he he ran the wrong route. So it's hard to say, okay. But anyway, so he is throwing those deep passes. And if you go watch any quarterback, they're going to miss on deep passes once in a while. That's the only way you can connect on them. So he's, he gets rid of the anticipation. He can't anticipate, can't deep throw, can't, can't win in the bad weather, just did that. Um, can't throw from the pocket. All those throws to those deep throws were from the pocket. Like just like check, 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 check. They're all they're all wrong because people still don't understand that Lamar is not a flash in the pan with one skill set. He's got so many skill sets. Like he just keeps evolving, Bobby. Here's another one that you had ready. Top ten quarterback performances of week fourteen. Should we go with Rappaport before we get into this, or do you want to talk about this? No, this go list ahead. Now? Go ahead. I mean, yeah, look at him. Look at this is this is Lamar leads the week 14 list atop it with well, he's 24 of 43 passing for 316 yards, uh, 71 on the ground, 1.3 rush EPA, a 0.29 EPA per play. But this is all measured by total EPA. And yep. so Brock Purdy, he's got he's got Brock Purdy beat out by you know a couple fraction points here, 15.4 to 13. Point two, and then you see there's a significant drop off between Purdy and actually look at look at Jake Browning, what he's doing in relief of Joe Burrow. That's something else. Cincinnati's still very much in the in the playoff picture right now, as are all of the AFC North teams. But uh, this is this is an impressive list. But but again, efficiency, production, and and overall explosiveness, all that and more. I mean, let's see underneath the the title it says designed rushes and scrambles are included in rushing stats, fumbles. Downweighted for, for randomness. Anyway, that's just so basically the idea. Analytical. EPA EPA is basically like it's measuring how successful you are compared to what was expected on that play. Yeah, and they have lots of di- different data things. So like Lamar just had a fantastic game, but so I want to get a little bit more into OBJ. We'll get into Ian to kind of close it out. Um, so they were talking about how tough the plays were for OBJ. So. Before I get to the touchdown, let's revisit the um, cash to the sideline where he completely did like this 180. Like people were talking about OBJ had lost it. I mean, look at that. First, the double move. Then he's looking over one shoulder, has to completely flip his hips and look the other way. Just, 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 and that that was the touchdown catch. But I want to look at touchdown catch here again. So here's from the Lars view. Hold on, that's the wrong one. Here's the double move. Check this double move out. He's at the very bottom. Boom. Yeah. Just like puts his foot in the ground. And I'm sorry. I thought I thought he was old and I thought he couldn't come back from <laughs> from this foot injury. It's just so it's to Michael Irvin's point and and um Richard Sherman had said in it like Tyreek Hill had done something similar the week before and it was blowing up all over the place. Bobby, they didn't get to this. They didn't even talk about OBJ until like the end of the show when they finally got to the Ravens and then within talking about the Ravens, Michael Irvin talking about his OBJ interview was like at the end of that Odell Beckham jr. According to PFF had an 87.2 grade, which was second among all wide receivers in the NFL for week 14. 
Like he's coming alive. And here's what's hilarious is Lamar and OBJ are some of the biggest names in football, but it's still under the radar. It's still under the radar. Okay, now let's look at some film from Lamar because uh, we've we've only seen different different things of it. So here's Lamar on that um, on the touchdown throw to Zay. We've looked at some film because we wanted to see what Nelson Aguilar was doing. But why did I not notice this? Look who is in Lamar Jackson's face. He he has to wait, 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 and then Aaron Donald, yeah, is yeah, bearing absurd. down. Aaron freaking Donald, the highest paid defensive lineman, comes over and is in Lamar's face, and Lamar just throws a perfect ball that's both like tight but soft over the linebacker right into Zay, third and seventeen. Just it doesn't get much better, and it's against the league's best, one of the league's best defenders. It's yep. unreal. Aaron then got a nice little jump on that too, in terms of um, not not right off the jump, but at at climax, like as Lamar's releasing that football, he jumped and had two hands up, and it's almost like Lamar put it through the hula hoop there. <laughs> like that was yeah. really well placed, really well placed. And then on the two point conversion, which some people have pointed out on this one. But my goodness, again, looking from the back, the back view, the way he scrambles, Isaiah likely is going to be the first guy, but there's a pass rusher there. Only remark Lamar Jackson. That's absurd. Right? Like he he evades the first pass rusher, but doing so puts him right in the dead sights of a second pass rusher, gets nailed as he's throwing it with without his feet set. And and absolutely nails Zay Flowers. Like, I honestly, Bobby, I don't know if another quarterback has quick enough feet to do what he just did and no. then nail it. And by the way, if he doesn't convert there, remember the Rams go down and hit a field goal and the game's over. Yes. Instead of it just being tied. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just unreal. And then here, I'm sorry, do you have anything you want to say more about this play well, before I... Just, I'm, I'm in awe of the body control. I hadn't seen that angle yet. The body control, the way he twists his body at the end, the way that he evades the first defender, like you said, but then delivering a perfect ball. Literally, the margin for error there was Zay in the in the top top right-hand corner of the, of the right-hand side of the end zone. The, the degree of difficulty there is just off the charts. Off the charts. Off the charts. So, here... <laughs> Here's the thing. We're talking about it. And then to your point, when we were like uh, looking for national reaction yesterday, there really wasn't a ton because of chiefs and, and, and the, and the Cowboys. And so, but here's what's hilarious. Waking up Tuesday morning though, we knew that the Ravens were number one in the entire AFC. So what do they do over the NFL network? They're like, Hey, let's talk about this AFC North because as you, as you've pointed out, it's like, Hey, uh, all four of them would get into the the playoffs if it started today. So they yeah. ask Ian Rappaport about about the the division, and here's what he says. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because the Ravens are so good, and you know, seeing special teams bring home an awesome, really thrilling win yesterday was great. I I don't find myself having a ton to say about the Ravens. They're just really, really good. I find my attention going to like all of the other teams, right? The Cleveland Browns, who would potentially be in the playoffs with a 38-year-old Joe Flacco pushing back a... Yada, yada, yada. Joe Flacco, Browning, uh, the Steelers, all that kind of stuff. He's like, oh, I just don't even, they don't even grab my attention. They're just really good. Let's go talk about Joe Flacco. It's like, okay, cool. 
cool, 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 cool. I'm telling you, they're quietly, and to Michael Irvin's point, OBJ, Lamar, and even his other wide receivers, this is a brand new offense under Munkin. They are getting better without Mark Andrews. They're just coming alive, and almost nobody's, almost nobody's talking about it. Let the media attention do what it does. We know what happened on Monday, right? It was about the Mahomes temper tantrums, what he's since apologized for, and it <laughs> oh, was about... He? Yeah, yeah, he did. Okay. And it, and because because he like yelled in Josh Allen's face, and they're like buddies. So so there was that, and then of course just Dallas beating Philadelphia in the manner that it did. I think those two things generated a bunch of buzz. So anyway, good stuff there. Clearly, this connection is going to be vital moving forward over the next month and into the postseason. And and I think OBJ is gonna. Layer by layer here, more and more earn that deal that they gave him this offseason, resetting the market at $15 million guaranteed. Shall we move on to the let's roster moves? Yep, let's do it. So we said it was intriguing in the beginning, and I'm going to double down on that. This is really intriguing. Look at Lamar a season ago being inducted uh, into, well, I guess it was football immortality for the Louisville Cardinals as his jersey was retired uh, in the stadium. But anyway, he's hugging Malik Cunningham here, who's a former quarterback as well for Lamar's former spot, Heisman, where he won a Heisman Trophy, of course, and won a ton of games and electrified everybody down there in Kentucky. But anyway, Adam Schefter tweeted that the Ravens signed Malik Cunningham off the New England Patriots practice squad and onto their roster. So Cunningham now will finish the season in Baltimore, will go to the playoffs instead of that's certainly not happening up in New England. And Cunningham and Lamar were teammates at Louisville for one season all the way back in 2017. Six years later, Cunningham and Jackson are teammates again, this time with the Ravens. What was your first reaction when it came out? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, my first reaction was like, um, you know, my, I was like, wait, why, why now? Cause he's on the 53 man roster. And so immediately it became clear that this is like a move for the future. Um, I feel like, uh, Tyler Huntley is going to be a free agent. Uh, I think everybody's basically going to be a free agent. Josh. Yep. Yeah. 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 Josh, Josh, um, Johnson. Um, and so 
And it's going to be the Ravens are going to have to find money wherever they can. Mm-hmm. With Cunningham, he's going to be – he really doesn't become an unrestricted free agent until 2027, Bobby. So if you can bring back a guy that has a skill set that can back up Lamar Jackson so you don't have to change the offense too much. He and Lamar overlap for, yeah, for that one year. They obviously love each other. Uh, the Ravens always have to have inactives anyway. Cunningham has to stay on the um, 53-man roster, I think, for – Three weeks, I think, is the rule if you are signed off of somebody else's practice squad. So um, so they have the room. So let's do this. Let's start planning for the future. And here's what I thought was pretty cool, Bobby, is his current teammate um, over at the Pats, offensive tackle um, Trent um, Brown, he, he retweeted uh, Adam Schefter's news and then says, go flourish where your talent is respected, little brudda. You know, mm. so... Let's Oof. go. Let's That's kind of an indictment on Bill him. Belichick. Yeah, seriously. And look at him in that Louisville red. I mean, it's just like sweet. Let's slick. bring on. It's that's awesome. Look yeah, at looking slick. as slick as as Lamar did. Yeah, that's so that's an Instagram story right there, repost from Trent Brown. And uh oof, that, that is a conversation for another time is what that might mean for what's going on up in New England. Is Bill Belichick on his way out? That's a disaster up there. Mac Jones has been benched. Not a good situation. So Malik leaves that. Now, perhaps, as Brian McFarlane first sort of put out there uh, in the Twitter sphere, a Raven salary cap analyst who we've had on before, could this mean that uh, one, Huntley or Johnson could hit waivers in the near future? If, if it's of the two of them, you would think because he's been in the system um, not as long as Tyler, would, would that be Josh Johnson? which would open up some roster flexibility there. And then could, like you said, could could Malik Cunningham be the 2024 primary backup? I think all those are conversations for for down the road, but a similar style of play. Maybe that's what they would try to do when they brought in Tyler Huntley, just based on you know emergency case situations for Lamar and, and, and not having to kind of switch up the offense a lot in those situations. But Anyway, that'll be something to look out for over the course of the next couple of weeks with how the Ravens do some roster construction. And then obviously next offseason, we'll get there when we get there in terms of Lamar's primary backup. Some other roster moves that were made, uh, all pro returner Devin DuVernay, who suffered that back injury on Sunday. He is being placed on injury reserve, according to Ian Rappaport. It will not require a procedure and he should be good for the postseason to fill his spot, which is what we just talked about. They signed uh, Malik Cunningham from New England's practice squad. And, and Sarah, I guess this is relevant just because, well, Tylen, looks like you're going to get some more reps. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he absolutely will get some more reps. Um, so we'll see. Maybe maybe Devin DuVernay will be back for the playoffs. We'll see about that. And then meanwhile, as promised, Pepe Williams was activated to the 53-man roster, and he takes Mark Andrews' spot. So, yep. boom. How about a little teaser here from our conversation that we've mentioned a couple times now? Episode 7 of Inside the Vault with Roquan Smith, powered by Cybertech, is live across all of our platforms, including on YouTube and the audio-only side of things as well. And we, we appreciated him for, for a number of things here. It was great to catch up with him and congratulate him personally for his nomination to be this year's Walter Payton Man of the Year. Uh, so we'll see if... if he ends up coming out of there's the 32 nominees, so we'll see how he does nationally. But regardless, he's been incredible, and he's hit the ground running philanthropically uh, since he came here last year, and it's been a lot of fun to watch. But aside from what the video is titled, and that is the heated exchange that he shared with us with a former Georgia Bulldog, 
and that's Matthew Stafford, Super Bowl winning quarterback. Uh, he, I thought he did a really good job of putting his film study hat on, and this was cool. Like this is this is like high level, complex stuff here that Roquan was able to share with us about just one elite sequence of grit and relentlessness from his running mate. Patrick Queen. Here you have it. Bro, in terms of stat line, you lead the way for the team. Ten total tackles, five of which were solo, two tackles for loss, a quarterback hit, and a whole lot of just rah-rah in there as well. I felt like you were flying around all game long, which is no surprise, but I wanted to see if you could play-by-play for us this seven-second clip of PQ just destructing multiple guys to get to the ball carrier here. I mean, look at this. Look at the effort here from six. Just bulldozes this guy. Is that Kyron Williams, 23? Who, is it that is. Williams? Look, I mean, look, go, go ahead, Rowan. Just show, sh- tell us what you're watching here from PQ. Yeah, it's pretty much a toss uh, to our defensive left um, and whatnot. And then you send a receiver in the block, me or PQ, man, good night, you know. Uh, and that's what they tried to do. So, you know, hats off to PQ for letting them know that no receiver should be able to block uh, inside linebacker in this league, especially uh, him and myself. Like, we don't allow that, and that's something Z.O. preaches every week with the crack tosses and whatnot. So we look forward to that. That's more so like, you know, a day at the deli. So PQ made it happen. That's lunch meat, and then he finished it up. And I was coming over for backup in case he needed it, but he didn't need any at all. So it was it was a pretty sweet play. But I didn't honestly, I didn't see it. Live, I didn't see it because I'm so focused on the ball carrier. I didn't even see PQ like run through the dude chin scrap like that. It was it was pretty crazy. And then I woke up the next day. I think I seen it on Monday or no, actually Sunday night. I saw it and I was like, oh, PQ got him one. He said it's a day at the deli. <laughs> you see our reactions. We know immediately when he hits those one-liners that it's just so much fun. <laughs> it's hilarious. All right, let's turn into some uh, quick hits here. Uh, first off, the team, the Ravens franchise, announced um, some major renovations that are going to be going on at M&T Bank Stadium. Uh, well, I won't get into that. It sounds like a lot. It's going to be a three-year project. To learn more, go over to BaltimoreRavens.com. Um, this stuff's big time. I mean, this is like I you said. Huge. This is going to be this is going to be happening over the next few years. Millions and millions and millions of dollars. It's going to feature an open air tailgate, concert venue, a two level beer hall, field level seating. I mean, the bank is already like ahead of its time. I would say, especially from a video technology standpoint, in game experience. This is gonna this is gonna be that next extra level tier for for overall entertainment and 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 overall you know just fan game day experience. So credit to to the Ravens for that. Yeah, they they, they believe in investing in the stadium. I can tell you that. Uh, meanwhile, just taking a peek over um, at the Steelers, um, I haven't followed this too quickly, but you hear rumblings. But I do know last week cameras had caught Mike Tomlin going over to um, wide receiver George Pickens on the sideline. Uh, Pickens seemed very unhappy and listen, I get it to be in that offense. It's got to be frustrating, but listen, I will, whether it's another team or the Ravens team or whatever, you cannot let that stuff get to you in the moment of a game. It like hurts your own game. It hurts the other players. So, uh, Mike Tomlin, when asked about it, um, after the game or at his weekly press conference, he said, quote, uh, well, he said that it's becoming a problem that it's becoming a problem. And, and, you know, he likes to keep stuff in house too. 
He said, quote, it's a problem because it's not solution oriented. I love this, Bobby. I feel like I want to tell my kids this every That's day. Awesome. It's a problem because it's not solution oriented. We, you know, we are all frustrated, but we got to manage our frustration frustrations in a professional, mature way. When it's not done in that way, it's not necessarily pushing us to solutions. So people can all say Pickens is right. Like people can, like when things are going bad and like, you might be right that they're bad. But, but getting frustrated in front of cameras, all you're doing is making your opponents smell blood in the water. They smell blood in the water. So, sure, thanks, George Pickens, but this is why I'm just not a fan of airing that, your laundry out in front of cameras. Fantastic answer from mm. one of the longest tenured head coaches in the league alongside John Harbaugh. How about Morgan Moses? He was the highest graded tackle in the entire NFL for week 14, according to PFF's rankings. 83.4 was the score that he came out of that one. And how about a big shout out to, well, uh, the hero, one of the heroes on Sunday and Zay Flowers, who then kind of showed a different side of being a hero as well. Eric Dunn, who is is Zay's agent, was nice enough to share some photos on Twitter from the way he gave back. And, uh, and this was, I think it was early this week, Monday or Tuesday. And Eric tweeted that scoring touchdowns is cool, but this hits different. Zay Flowers spent time today after workouts with the kids at Mount Washington Pediatric Hospital. Love seeing all the smiles Zay brought to the entire hospital. We will be back uh, with a purple heart there. And, and here's just a couple of photos for those of you in the audio only side. Uh, Zay is, is holding children. He's smiling. He's handshaking. He's taking photos. Just a cool, cool thing that, again, on your off day is just something that you choose to do and work into the, the way that uh, – you know, your recovery day looks, you make time for it. And obviously it goes a long, 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 long way for these kids, especially after what you did the day prior um, at the bank. Man, so cool. I mean, between Roquan, you know, which we, we went over quite a bit in our episode with him and then Zay, it's nice to see like, you know, winning and then going out and helping people going hand in hand. Want to shout out and thank two of our, uh, three of our, I should say, OG patrons who are supporting everything we're building here inside the channel through Patreon this month, and we really appreciate them. So Dion Coleman, Lisa, and Bryant Mason, thank you all for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. And if you guys are interested in doing the same, as you see on the bottom line here, you can visit patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast to learn more about what we're offering this month. So episode seven of Inside the Vault with Roquan Smith is now available, as we've mentioned several times across all platforms. It's a can't miss one. Go check it out, including on YouTube. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider liking the video if you enjoyed this specific piece of content and also subscribing to the vault on YouTube if you haven't already done so. If you're in the audio only side, it's been a while since we've uh, received some ratings and reviews. So whether you're on Apple, Spotify, whatever you use, Google Play, if you could take 30 seconds to leave us a rating and review, that would really help us out on the back end. So this is your Wednesday morning vault. We appreciate you guys for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison. I'm Bobby Trossett signing off. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.